When it comes to sports, what do you value? Is it the final score at the end of the game? Is it money, fame, recognition? Or is it more about what you learn through the process? In this Words of Steel podcast, we'll take a deep dive into the world of sports to explore the values, motivations, and societal impact behind the games we love. Together, we'll seek to understand the true essence of sports and the invaluable life lessons that sports can bring. Subscribe now and let's embark on this enlightening adventure together. Welcome to another episode of Words of Steel. I'm Tom Steele. We've already had a few pretty good-sized snows in north-central West Virginia, uh, such that we've had school canceled and I haven't gone into the office a couple of days. The big issue for us is just getting out of the driveway. Once we do that, then usually things aren't too bad. But in the first half of January 2024, we've had the opportunity to attend lots of sporting events, college um, events, men's and women's basketball in person, watching pro sports, NFL playoffs, on TV, and also, interestingly, a lot of youth sports, middle school, um, high school, boys and girls basketball, varsity and JV level, and even freshman level, middle school level. And it's always interesting to me to watch the kids, and we know a lot of the kids locally, of course, but uh, it's always interesting to watch the parents too, or maybe even more interesting to watch the parents observe their kids and interact with the different folks who are part of a ball game. And these recent opportunities just made me harken back to my playing days as an average young athlete, played a little bit of little league baseball. I don't know if I've mentioned it yet in any of the podcast episodes. I'm pretty sure I haven't, but I was a member of the 1975 Bridgeport state little league championship team. That's something that I always try to bring up as part of my rap or resume because it was really the highlight and last distinguished type of achievement that I had in my sports career. And then I moved on and enjoyed tennis and tried to play basketball, but I just didn't have a lot of speed or strength or any particular skill. But it was always interesting before I would go out for a game or match My dad would typically say, now, Tommy, you have fun, whereas my mom would say, do well. Now, I'm pretty sure my dad wanted me to do well, and I'm pretty sure that my mom wanted me to have fun, but those were their points of emphasis. I don't know if they rehearsed those or if that's some reflection of their personalities, but it just made me reflect on my own parenting my girls are grown now and they played some sports, but you know, were, were we, or are you now, are you a have fun parent or are you a do well parent? Always remember my father, even though he was the have fun parent, he liked to analyze and assess things. And so I can remember in little league baseball and then youth basketball in particular, not so much tennis, but He would sit down with me after the season or even at a given point during the season, and he might say, now, son, look, I think these 
10 kids are better than you are for this reason or that reason. And I think you're probably better than these eight or 10 kids for whatever reasons he attributed to that. And then he might say, hey, there are eight or 10 of you who are kind of in the same boat. And then he would use that kind of conversation to talk about the things that I could improve upon and get better as an athlete. And uh, having done a lot of coaching and officiating over the years in various sports, I'm not sure parents have that type of conversation with their kids. The parents who I run into tend to have had or portray a type of attitude that their kid maybe is a lot better than um, they really are and maybe don't have those honest conversations. Maybe it's because the parents really don't know how to assess objectively what their kid's ability level is. But anyway, maybe that's something we'll talk about in another podcast. But I think I mentioned being in North Central West Virginia, I'm a big fan of the WVU Mountaineers and a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, also the Pirates. Always have liked the Los Angeles Lakers and NBA basketball, but I can't tolerate watching an NBA game anymore. But in any event, I realize that at those levels of sports, uh, sure, hopefully the athletes are having fun, but those are do-well levels of play, not try-hard-and-have-fun levels of play. So there is an expectation of success at those levels, and I understand that. The head coach of the WVU Mountaineers is Neil Brown, and most people know that Mike Tomlin is the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's kind of interesting uh, among many local fans and friends, uh, there are a lot of people who want both of those coaches to be fired or replaced in their jobs. Now, I have to confess I'm a big fan of both of these coaches, and the main reason why is that I believe that both of these guys represent foundational type of people. In other words, they are cornerstone type of individuals, high morals, high character, add high value to a program. And even though we've discussed the fact and we'll continue to discuss the reality that money is the driving force in athletics today, college and pro, if not high school, the reality, in my opinion, is that unless you have a strong foundation, then your organization and one's experience with it aren't going to have any meaningful value or meaningful rewards. Is your organization comprised of gold, silver, and jewels, or is it made up of wood, hay, and stubble? Now, I'm not naive in college football, in the NFL. Having fun is great, but with the money involved, with the investment that people make of their time on top of the money, Those are do-well leagues. Those aren't try-hard leagues. Those are you-better-win-some-games leagues, and you better win often, and you better win meaningfully, and you better have trophies in the trophy case. With that said, in the case of Mike Tomlin, who's won a Super Bowl with the Steelers and is in the playoffs again this year, 2024, after an up-and-down season, 
Tomlin and the Steelers have had 17 consecutive non-losing seasons in the National Football League. Now, that level of success is unprecedented, and yet there are people who are clamoring for Tomlin's firing, saying that the game has passed him by in some respects or that he's unyielding, and particularly that there are games during the year against lesser teams that he does not have his team ready to play, according to the naysayers. I don't know, but I question whether some people are ever ever happy. I think for some people, the ability to complain, even in a good circumstance, is more important than appreciating the circumstance. In Neil Brown's case, he's just completed his fifth year at West Virginia University, and there have been a lot of changes in the college football landscape and some unique things that have happened and occurred during his tenure at WVU. And in the first four seasons, overall, he's had a losing record. But in 2023, the Mountaineers bounced back with a 9-4 and record, including a win over North Carolina in the bowl game. And yet I have many friends and knowledgeable, so-called knowledgeable football people who think that Neil Brown is in way over his head, is not a Division I coach, assertions that I strongly disagree with, and folks who mock the slogan or the theme of trust the climb, which has been West Virginia's mantra when Coach Brown first took the job. And I think when he did take the job, folks understood that the cupboard was not completely bare but needed a lot of reworking and with the transfer portal, NIL, COVID, different issues with a few players on the team. Oh, yes, I hear you. Everybody's had to deal with those types of things. But nevertheless, there's been some adversity that Coach Brown has had to overcome and his players. And quite frankly, I think he's done an amazing job and things are looking up for West Virginia. And yet some people are never satisfied. It was interesting uh, earlier in the year, I think it was early November, West Virginia University was playing BYU at home. I'm a season ticket holder, and I might miss a game here and there if it's terrible weather, but basically my wife and I try to go to the games and support the team. But in any event, this was about a 60-degree night West Virginia is leading BYU 27 to nothing at halftime. It's honored one of its all-time greats, Chuck Howley, during the game. And as the second half begins, uh, West Virginia gets the ball back ahead 27 to nothing. A fellow named Jaheim White, who is an outstanding freshman running back, runs down inside the 10-yard line putting West Virginia in the red zone, ready to score again. A play or two later, the ball's given to Jaheim White. Again, I can just remember this play. It's a play off left guard or left tackle. Anyway, he's running left, and there's no gain or maybe even a loss of yardage. 
and a gentleman two or three rows in front of me completely loses his mind over the play call, gives a full-throated, expletive-filled commentary on what a terrible coach Neil Brown is. And I just sat there and couldn't believe it. So I turned to a husband and wife sitting to my left. We're sitting on about the 40-yard line. And I said, what was wrong with that play call? What's that guy so irritated about? And uh, the young lady said, well, to be honest, I'm getting kind of tired of running the ball myself. So I don't know how many of you were fans of the TV comedy The Office which was filmed kind of like it was a a documentary on the fictitious Dunder Mifflin company. And so the characters in the show would at times pause and look into the camera as if they were, you know, understood they were part of a documentary. And that's how I felt at that moment when uh, this guy gave this uh, full-throated criticism. And then I turned to my, Left and this woman said she was getting tired of running the ball. And it's like I looked in the camera and was just hoping there was somebody there with some sanity who was watching all of this. The point of that story being, even under the best of circumstances, oh yes, West Virginia won that game 37-7. to As I mentioned, the weather was perfect. This Jaheim White fellow, I think, ran for 150 yards. And yet... There were people who were triggered by what they perceived to be a bad play call, and their venom for Coach Brown overtook their ability to enjoy and appreciate the moment. And so what is it about this appetite that we have for sports? I have a big appetite myself, as I've confessed, that we've got to have them, but it seems like we can't enjoy what we have. Do we value and strive for foundational relationships and foundational experiences? Or do we just strive to beat the clock, pay the bills, and promote and step on the other guy in order to achieve what we think is some noteworthy status? During our last time together, we talked about how our heart was where Our treasure is so true. And I saw a great quote this week. Actually, I caught it on a Facebook feed or something first, but I'd heard it before in this uh, particular Facebook feed, brought it back to my memory. But uh, the concept is your schedule doesn't lie. A fellow by the name of Robin Sharma was the person who articulated this brief message, not suggesting He's the first person to ever think of it. But what a great thing to consider. Your schedule doesn't lie. What you do dictates what you value. Now, wait a minute. I hear you. You've got kids. You've got to work a job or I don't know what your situation is. It's hard to survive. This idea that you have a lot of discretion and free time, not to mention energy, to dictate what your schedule is can be a fallacy. So we'll give you that. You've got to work 40 or 50 hours a week at your job, your kids, or whatever your nuclear family looks like dictate 
most of your, if not all of your time, but maybe you've got four to six hours a week, eight hours a week where you do have some discretion. Let's talk about those six or eight hours. What's on your schedule? Where's your money going? Are you intentional about both of those areas, your time and your treasure? That's something I want to continue to explore, and these are issues which convict me as well, as it's really easy to say what our priorities are, God, family, and so on and so forth. If, in fact, those are our priorities, those aren't everybody's priorities. I understand that. But for those who do desire to put God and family as their top priorities, do our time and treasure reflect that? And I'll confess, as I'm a little older now and have a little less responsibility in the day-to-day, it's a lot easier to reflect on these things, to simply take a breath and relax for a minute. But regardless, we I believe we all need to have a realization that we just simply can't do this stuff on our own, this life on our own. Sports, popular culture, things of that nature can be diversions but they can also be idols, and they can actually add pressure and burden to our life. Thinking of the word burden, I was led to go to Matthew 11, verse 28, where Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And we continued there through verse 30. So it's important for all of us to rest, and my suggestion would be that we look at this from a biblical worldview and rest in Jesus. And by resting... I don't necessarily mean that we should take a nap, although that's a great thing to do. Yes, I hear you, Mom. You've got a newborn, a two-year-old, and a six-year-old who needs to get to soccer practice, so there's not a lot of actual rest in your house. But rest could be just the cessation of these pursuits, these obligations, these appointments, these practices, these workouts, these whatever, that are keeping us on this hamster wheel of pursuing some fame and fortune that doesn't even really matter. In any event, we kind of worked our way through a couple of different ideas today. Maybe some of those things resonated with you. Maybe nothing did. We'll try harder the next time. I want to give a shout-out to... Bethany Atkins and Victoria Carmi Evans for producing and editing this podcast and for bringing this product to the marketplace. And for now, that's all for Words of Steel. I'm Tom Steele. Have a great and blessed day.